Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Shaka Hisop and Stevie Nickel. We'll kick things off by reflecting what we saw in the Champions League this week. Manchester United, of course, look very unlikely now, don't they, to qualify for the knockout stages after letting Galatasaray back in the game. 3-1 up, but in the end, it would finish 3-3. United fans not happy. And speaking of not happy, look at the state of Robbo. Robbo's in Barcelona at the moment. Ah, <laughs> oh, there he is, in the cold at midnight. What a treat. Uh, we'll be hearing from Stuart Robson in a moment. But, Shaka, I've got to start with you because, obviously, Onana, the big talking point, those two errors. How do you explain them? Um, with a lot of difficulty. So, I, the first one, is he trying to cheat? Like, what, what's going through his the mind? The first one is trying to cheat. And, and this is something that uh, kind of leans into what I've said about Onana in the, past, in the past, trying to make up for others' errors. First of all... Uh, Bruno Fernandes with, with a silly foul on Icardi to, to give... Don't play for no, I, I'm just saying. So, but my, the mindset here is I've got to do something special to make up for that. Right. And, as a re- and then he goes cheating. He goes cheating behind the wall trying to make that big save. And then this one? And th- this one is, is really difficult to explain because the only player who comes anywhere close to touching that ball is Martial. If it's your player, you're thinking that Either he's going to head it or he's going to miss it. So there's no reason really to be in that kind of half space just in case there's a touch. So you, you come around. You, you come around and make it a, a routine save. If it's a Galatasaray jersey coming, coming across that ball, well, then you're playing for the header. But because it's Martial, you're playing for it to come straight through. So the, the reason that he finds himself having to dive, and even though he makes an a, a, absolute hash of that. The fact that he has to dive to collect that ball just is just poor goalkeeping in, in, in every aspect. Um, so it, it becomes... So that one is... is you can, I can only put that down to just poor technique and a glaring error. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why would he try and punch it? I, 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 again, I, I can't. With, with the inside of his hand? Yeah, I... I he, he, I, I, I can only assume that he just got himself in such a bad position first of, uh, that he, he's, he, he gets caught in, in two minds. So, again, this one, don't, don't, don't let an easy free kick score. This, I, and and that, that he sh- all he has to do is move to his right and it's straight into his body. That's, there's nobody from Galatasaray anywhere close. So it, it, it really bemuses me as to why he doesn't take that couple of steps to his right and just pick it up very routinely. If he rang you to ask for advice, could you give him anything to help him? Or is it all down to him psychologically to deal with this? Again, I I keep saying, play your game. Don't worry about making up for others' mistakes. And and that's what I'm kind of leaning into with the first goal. All right, you can see the free kick in a pretty bad area. That's fine. You deal with that. In that position, what you don't do, if it's a brilliant free kick, it scores. That, that, certainly that was my mindset when I was playing. 
if you're going to score a free kick, it's going to be a good free kick. But I'm not going to give you the cheap one. Right. And, and what he does there, I, I think, is in trying to make up for what was a poorly conceded free kick, finds himself cheating, looking for the big save, and then all of a sudden, it, the, the soft one just comes, um, not, not necessarily through the wall, it's, it's more around the Manchester United wall, the two, two Galatasaray players peel off, and he goes looking for it and, and can't adjust. And, and, and that, for me, is, is about a mindset. Stop worrying about others. Just do what is straightforward and simple for you to do and deal with. These stats are so striking, of course, for Inter, almost completely different player, Stevie. If you're Ten Hag, is there anything you can do? I think you're going to have a lot of conversations with your goalkeeper coach because that's where you have to go. You know, goalkeeping is a particular and a unique skill. And I was a coach for a decade and I didn't understand goalkeeping. I always went to my goalie coach. Right. So Ten Hag, 100%, is going to be having conversation with his goalkeeper coach, asking him, how is he? Where's his head? Is he going to get over this? How do we turn this around? All, all of those questions are going to be at the goalie coach, and then when he's interacting with Onana, whilst he's number one and he's playing, you've you got to keep pr propping him up. You can't bash him. This is, I, I always feel it's a different ballgame with a goalkeeper to an outfield player. You know, sometimes part of your armoury is to give somebody a mouthful. Right. To get them going. I don't believe you really can do that with a goalkeeper. And so, for me, it's got to be the goalie coach with the manager propping them up. For me, and, and, and of course I'm speculating here, but I couldn't help but get the feeling that when Onana arrived, Ten Hag says to him, listen, I'm lacking leadership defensively in the back there. And I need somebody who can come in, marshal that defence, take some responsibility and be the leader that, that we need. Um, but now, kind of, again, trying to do others' roles in, in the back there, he's found himself in a little bit of a spiral. So as a coach, how do you now say, remember what I told you back then? <laughs> Never mind. Focus on you. You know, it's, it's a really difficult conversation or position that Ten Hag you know, is, that, is now in. That makes absolute sense because there's one thing I don't think you can do as a coach. You can't manufacture things. Right, it's got to be organic. It's got to, it's got to, you've got to let the guy play and see how things are going. And then when he shows the leadership, then you prop him up by saying, mm. hey, I love your leadership and all that stuff. But when you try and manufacture something, and that, that sounds as though, to me, that could be the problem. So now what you're doing is you're making the goalkeeper step out of his comfort zone to try and do things that maybe he's not particularly good at. Robbo, how far down the line do we have to go before you start thinking about looking at another goalkeeper in January? Uh, not too far because a goalkeeper, once he loses his confidence, it's very difficult to get it back, as the guys have just said. You know, I've seen many a goalkeeper be excellent goalkeepers. They have a bad spell. And now he might have a, a two or three good games, but as soon as he makes another mistake, everybody's going to be onto him again and his confidence goes to, to rock bottom again. So I don't think it's been going to be too long before Eric Ten Hag thinks, I might have to go and get a new goalkeeper because this one isn't doing it for me at the moment and he could cost me my job come the end of the season. Of course, there's a... England international sitting on the bench at Arsenal at the yeah. moment who can't get a game. Are we having that conversation? I, I think we're close to. I think one of the issues here is Manchester United, by all accounts, don't have the money to go and spare another 50 million to go and, and splash on, on, on another goalkeeper. Um, 
does that mean that you have to sell Onana to make up some of some of that funding? I'm, I'm going to guess that Ram's deal doesn't cost as much as well, that. Well, you could get him on loan, couldn't you, I suppose? Well, uh, yeah. No, uh, one's right. no one's paying the same amount that they paid for Onana. But then, but then it's, it's a weird situation in that Raya is on loan. I think there's was a, a £40 million purchase fee, so Ram's deal can't be... You wouldn't think Ramsdale is going to cost as much as, as Raya if Raya is, 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 is ahead of, of Ramsdale for Arsenal. And then do Arsenal want to find themselves in a position where their starting goalkeeper is on loan, their signed goalkeeper is out on loan? I mean, it's... <laughs> there is a free goalkeeper at the moment. You David keep, you keep oh. telling us about him, Dan. <laughs> David De Gea. <laughs> oh, if only somebody had suggested it. That's not happening. No, you can't, can't go back. That, that's not happening. Um, Onana, of course, was the negative. However, as Craig mentioned yesterday, there were quite a few positives, weren't there, from what we saw from Manchester United over the 90 minutes, maybe compared to what we've seen in the past, Robbo. Do you agree? Have we seen some improvement there? Uh, certainly going forward, there was some good movement. I thought both wingers played well in, the, in different ways. Uh, Garnacho scored a very good goal. They created overloads all around the field against a Galatasaray team that didn't recover particularly well when they were caught out of position. They didn't make good dis dif uh, decisions defensively, so they were easy to play against. If you look at Manchester United's third goal, third goal, it was good play all round. Uh, Bruno Fernandes scored a great goal and picked out some good passes. He hit the post in the second half as well. The two fullbacks got forward, Shaw and Wan-Bissaka. There was lots of things that were good about Manchester United's attacking play. They looked as though they could score uh, at will at times when they went forward, particularly on the counter-attack. I think they had 17, 18 shots at goal, which is, is, is better than they have been doing. But there was another side to it. You can't be good at just one side of the game. And I was, I was commentating on the game, and I couldn't believe how poor both sides were defensively. And I'm not talking about Harry Maguire and, and Lindelof. I'm talking about the whole team. The misunderstanding of Wan-Bissaka going in field at times with Zaha and Angelino being able to make forward runs and, and Anthony not seeing it until it was too late. The same with Shaw. Shaw's recovery runs at times was a jog. You can't do that when you're playing at the top level. There was players, one of the crosses that came into the box, nobody went out and closed the ball down. The cross came in. Manchester United didn't defend it well in the box. Galatasaray were worse, but Manchester United's defending all over the field suggests to me that not enough work is being done on the training field to make sure they have a defensive understanding and a game plan. I was shocked by some of the defending I saw and decision making I saw by senior players and of course some of the younger players. Uh, this is what Ten Hag had to say um, about what he's seen on the pitch over the last few weeks and the journey that they're on pretty much. I think as a team we play very well, we win and lose together, you see the progress in the team. I take many positives from this game. Some mistakes we played like I want my team to play. It was enjoyable to watch uh, that proactive, dynamic, brave, and we scored great goals. So Stevie, do you agree with Robbo there? I agree 100% with Robbo. But you can take positives, can't we? Oh, yeah. We've been very, very negative Absolutely. about United. Absolutely. Listen, I, I remember watching it thinking, wow, Anthony looks very controlled today. Yeah. You know, he didn't look as though he wanted to fight. He didn't look as though he was complaining, whether he got a good pass, bad pass, or, or a different one. Garnacho. Two games in a row has, has scored and, and looked apart. And and going forward, there was some free-flowing movement. And and you scored three goals in a Champions League game away from home. I mean, that's great. But, as Robbo said, if, if you're going to do that and you're going to expose yourself the way they did against better teams, you're going to lose more than three goals. 
whether the goalie chucks it in or not, you're going to lose a lot of goals. So Ten Hag has to take the positives. He's got to look at the negatives and figure out how he can get rid of the negatives. Right. And then try and adjust what they do without the ball so that when they get it, they can be as dynamic as they were in this game. Has he got the personnel to make those adjustments, in your opinion, Robbo? Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, but they, what he's got to do on the training field is make them understand the, the, the defensive side of the game. Uh, I mentioned Wan-Bissaka. Every time Zahar went in field, Wan-Bissaka almost man-marked him. It left loads of space in behind him. Instead of uh, passing him on to somebody else, passing him on to a midfield player, which he should have done, he didn't do that. But that, again, must come from the coach. The same with Shaw. Shaw went into positions that he was so far out of, out of his space that it was so easy for Boe, the right back, to run into. And then you've got Garnacho, a, a young player, trying to run 60, 70 yards to try and defend that. At times, even when he made the substitution, he brought um, Manu on and he made him man-mark the substitute that came on for Galatasaray, who was a midfield player, an attacking midfield player. He scored the goal and Manu didn't quite go with him. But that meant one of the centre-halves was doing nothing. So then Galatasaray controlled the midfield. There were so many things wrong that were, were outstanding for me that I could see that were happening that were wrong from Manchester United's point of view and Galatasaray's point of view when they didn't have the ball I mean, you go right to the first few minutes of the game. Torreira, the first two corners that Galatasaray have, Torreira, the smallest player on the field, wins both balls at the near post. Where was the player in the near post space for Manchester United? There wasn't one. The goal, I've heard Shaka talk brilliantly about Anana, but the second one, Martial should be five yards uh, uh, nearer the ball, so that as it comes, he's heading it away and he's heading it down the pitch. He's, he's not even marking the space, so the ball can be whipped into that space so easily. Those sort of things come from the coach and he's got to do better on the training field to make sure his side are better defensively. Plenty more reactions to what we've seen in the Champions League, in particular, of course, that clash in Turkey over on our YouTube page. Be sure to go to ESPN FC and subscribe. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Meanwhile, Atleti, of course, through after the victory against Feyenoord. Impressive once again with that 3-1 victory. They'll be joined by Lazio in the next round. And up for Atleti next, of course, it's the reason Robbo is in Barcelona. What a game it should be at Montjuic as Barca take on Atleti. Atleti third at the moment. Barca one place below them. However, very different form you feel going into this clash. Alvaro Morata has been excellent up front alongside Antoine Griezmann. Here's what the Spanish in Astro had to say ahead of the game. We are Atletico and, and we need to fight also always for, for all the titles, but this year uh, smell and feels different because we, we are all together. Uh, uh, sometimes, uh, some seasons, you can feel a small difference between the starters and the, the, the people that are in the bench, but this year we we feel all together, all tight, and we we work hard and, and we enjoy every game. Robert, it really should be a fascinating clash, shouldn't it, on Sunday? So many different things to look at. Let's start with Atleti and this attacking force that they've got. Great relationship with Griezmann and Morata. We're used to Atleti grinding out 1-0 results. That's how they won the league, of course, a few years ago. They've changed slightly this season in that they're playing much more attractive football. Yes, I think they are. Uh, Morata, as you said, is playing very well. He's holding up the play. He can make runs in behind. He's good in the air. Uh, Griezmann has got that sort of free role. Sometimes he'll play on the left-hand side and then come in field, but he'll, he'll also go and create 2v1s in areas which the opposition can't cope with. Uh, I don't think it suited them last week when Correa started up front with Morata and Griezmann played slightly to the left-hand side. I think uh, Correa will come out the team and it'll be Griezmann and Morata up front. But the midfield are playing well as, as well. Barrios, I thought, was excellent last week. He made a lot of good forward runs. Koke is back to his best in that holding midfield position, but getting on the ball and making things happen. We saw Llorente do brilliantly down the right-hand side as a right wing-back. Uh, so, at the moment, Atleti are a very good side, and they're playing some good football. The, the, the link-up between the front players, they look dangerous, they look threatening, they can change their style of play according to the game. We saw them in the previous game against Valencia get loads and loads of crosses into the box. The, the last one, they went through the middle. They're a good team, and it's gonna, they're going to take a lot of beating at the weekend. Yeah, Robert, it wouldn't be a huge surprise, would it, if they took three points back to the Spanish capital, given what we've seen from Barcelona over the last few weeks. Can you pinpoint in particular what's gone wrong with Xavi's side? I think they've lost that ability to dominate games at a high tempo. In the, you, you looked at the best Barcelona teams, and when Xavi was, was in control last year and they were doing well in the early part of the season, you know, they could cut teams apart with their movement, their combination play, they did it at pace, uh, they got uh, uh, goals early on in games, and then they could actually control it completely. That's not been the case. They've been slower in their build-up play. They've not had that fluidity in the, in the wide areas at times. They haven't got the ball into the front players quite so much. Lewandowski hasn't been... Had, Hasn't had so much service, but he hasn't also been so good with his back to goal. Uh, they've missed one or two player, key players. Some of the younger players haven't been at their very best. Uh, they're going to miss Gavi, obviously, for, for the rest of the season. So there's lots of things that aren't quite right at Barcelona at the moment. They're still getting decent results, but they aren't the team that you can fear at the moment. They're not going to totally outplay you and cut you apart time and time again, as they've done in previous years. So I think Atleti will defend well, but they'll also be a massive threat on the counter-attack. What's been striking, Stevie, is these slow starts to the games that they, they've been having. It's been happening too much. How do you explain that? 
Personally, I'd believe that's down to the players. And right. And like, is that, is now, is that complacency? Is it nerves? Is it lack of confidence? I think it's lack of confidence. When you're confident and you step on the field and you are Barcelona at your best, you step on the field and you know the opposition is scared, they're, they're, they're worried about you, and so you can't wait to get after them. You don't get that feeling. You get the feeling that Barcelona, as much as they've got the names on the back of the jersey, yeah. you, you don't feel as though they're convinced that they're as good as they're supposed to be. And so that, that translates on the field. And then when, as soon as the opposition smell that, hold on, this team's not quite as good as they're supposed to be, then all of a sudden the, the attitude, probably more of the opposition, the attitude changes. So now they think they've got a chance. And so it changes the dynamic of the whole game, as opposed to what we're used to. People scared, people sitting yeah. back, letting Barcelona get after them. That's, that's not happening because they're not scared. And of course, add to that, Shaka, they're not at home. Obviously, yeah. the camp now is being redone. You're at the Montjuic, different thing, different scenario. Not quite as intimidating an atmosphere as visiting teams are used to, which also has to play a part. Uh, absolutely, and, and, and it, 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 it does. And, and, a lot of times you think, well, it's a, it's a football field, the dimensions are pretty, pretty similar. But just little things like when you're used to playing at the Camp Nou or, or wherever it may be, there are visual cues that you're used to, so you know exactly where, where you are in the park. So there's a lot, I think, psychologically, that Barcelona are, are struggling with. And, and, and to Stevie's point, it's not just a lack of, of confidence in yourself, it's a lack of confidence in each other. We step on the field, you're not quite sure what I'm going to do, what kind of day I'm going to have. I'm not quite sure what the other guy is going to do either. And, and that just feeds in and you build yourself into the game. But then sometimes um, that kind of uncertainty gives, gives the opposition a head start. And, and you find yourself just, um, again, just, just chasing or running uphill try, trying to catch the, the opponent. And, and as a result, kind of, and given that lack of self-confidence, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult sell after that. However, Barcelona are through to the uh, knockout stages, aren't they, after that 2-1 victory? Uh, again, Supporto, it sees them advance uh, to the next round. Of course, something they were unable to do uh, last season. It will go down to the final game between Porto and Shakhtar as to who will be joining them. So, as we mentioned then, Barcelona against Atletico Madrid, our big game on Sunday. Uh, Robert, of course, will be there, and what a match it should be live on ESPN Plus. Our coverage will start at 2.30 Eastern. Meanwhile, contrary to what we're seeing with Barcelona, Real Madrid just flying at the moment. A perfect in their group stage. Of course, they were behind at one stage against Napoli, came from behind uh, to win by four goals to man the match was a... Uh, uh, Jude Bellingham, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, uh, Carlo Ancelotti was asked uh, uh, in comparison to him and the other number five, of course, who wasn't too bad for Real Madrid either, Zinedine Zidane. He said it's difficult to compare two different generations. What I see is his ability to get into the box. Zidane didn't have that and the individual quality which Zidane had, Bellingham doesn't have, but that's modern football. Modern football requires physical players like Bellingham who can cover a lot of the pitch quickly. Uh, let's get the French contingent in, shall we? Julian Laurent and Frank Leboeuf. Carlo Ancelotti saying that Zidane would struggle in the modern day. Are <laughs> 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 oh, you good? You're very good. <laughs> uh, it's quite, it, is, it, it is quite something, Frank, because what's interesting is that like, during that Galactico era, be it Beckham, be it Zidane, you know, whoever it was that came in, 
It took a while to, to adapt. You know, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of eyes on you, a lot of eyes on Jude Bellingham, yet he just seems to, to relish this. Yeah, he, he, he is, and uh, and uh, and his talent, his uh, involvement into the uh, uh, Ancelotti's tactic works very well. I think at the time, Fernandinho Perez wanted only big stars, only Ballon mm. d'Ors, and uh, in fact, that's the period somehow the where he, he couldn't get anything in terms of title. Uh, yeah, it took a while for for Zizou to to settle down. Uh, it uh, it doesn't same do the same for for Billingham, but to compare them, it's hard because uh, I agree with Ancelotti. They're not the same player. First, they don't look alike, so it's hard to co to to compare them. I think Bellingham uh, works more also defensively, even if he goes into the box. Zidane is more of an artist, or was more of an artist for me, uh, and um, and showing to the world his technique. His feeling, his flair, that's different. I would compare Jude Billigan more of uh, a root gullet, I would say, uh, when he was playing for, for Milan, going into the box, finishing action, or maybe Frank Reichard, uh, his, uh, his former uh, teammates for, for Milan and, uh, and for the Dutch national team. So maybe those type of players, stronger, more powerful than Zizou. Zizou was a, a thinner player, I would say. So hard to compare the two. Uh, Jules, would you like to add your two pennies into this conversation? No, I agree with what Frank said in the sense that you can't compare profiles that are just not the same. They're not the same players. I think Jude is certainly a more complete player. Zidane was better technically, there's no doubt. He was a proper number 10. Jude is everything in this team, really. We said he works hard defensively. He plays as an 8, he plays as a 10, he plays as a 9. He scored goals. He, he scored goals that Zidane would have never, ever scored in his career. That's not even what Zidane wanted anyway. He was just a creator and he was very happy with that. So apart from the number 5 that they both have, and the fact that they wear the same shirt, play for the same club, that, that, that's pretty much it, really. Uh, overall, Robbo, it must be a coach's dream having someone like Jude Bellingham come into the team, perform as he has, and act the way he has as well. Absolutely. And Ancelotti's got to take a lot of credit. You know, if you look at the stats for Jude Bellingham, when he was at Birmingham, he scored four goals, I think, in 40 games. When he was at uh, Dortmund, he scored 12 goals, goals in 92 games. For England, I think he's only scored two goals in 21 games. He's gone to Real Madrid and Ancelotti's seen that he can r make runs into the box. He's powerful. He can play little one-twos. He can be composed with his finishes. He's seen something in him that maybe other coaches haven't. They thought he was the sort of more holding midfield player that liked to get up and down. He's now an attacking midfield player that makes things happen he scores goals he arrives in the box at the right time he's become a good finisher he's clever in and around the box he's yeah he's not as clever as Zidane was or maybe Platini or a player of that sort of ilk but he still makes the right decision at the right times he's good in the air he's powerful he's a great athlete but he's also an intelligent footballer and an intelligent young man and credit has to go to Ancelotti to changing his role slightly and giving him the chance to go and get the goals which he didn't get at other clubs do you want to go and warm up Robbo is it cold it's absolutely fine, Dan. Absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, we can stay. Do, do, we didn't have you doing extra extra time. Do you want to stay and do extra time as well? Of course. I always want, like to do extra time with you, Dan. That's when we can all take the mickey out of you. Oh, look. <laughs>
What's happened to Robbo? What's happened to Barcelona Robbo? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we'll let you go, mate. Thank you very much. Of course, more from Stuart um, uh, throughout the next couple of days as we look ahead to the big game between Barca and Atletico Madrid. Before that, of course, a little matter of Real Madrid against Granada, plus eight other ties, all of them live on ESPN+. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Right then, reflecting on what happened in the Champions League, of course, on Tuesday we saw PSG leave it very, very late indeed to get that draw against Newcastle, the controversial penalty. Uh, Jules, and Fra Jules, it's the first time you've been on the show since that happened, of course, in the French capital. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I've just about recovered, Dan, just about. I mean... There's one thing about your team playing and, and, and you, whether you're working at that game or not, but when your team misses chance after chance after chance in a game that they're losing, in a game that is so important for the future of that club in the competition, it's hard to take. And in the end, it was never a penalty. I think we all agree on that. It was a big mistake. They could have had one before, maybe the golden one on Hakimi, but they should, certainly should not have been in that position after 97 minutes, considering everything they created, especially in that second half. So it was, it was hard. My, my heart could hardly take mm. it. Apparently, back home, my dad was behind the sofa. Even one of my sisters could hardly <laughs> watch. So it, not, it was not a nice. It was not a nice evening at all. <laughs> Normally, he saves that for when you're on the TV, Jules. Uh, looking at it overall, though, we, we were <laughs> we were questioning on Tuesday. Why, why, Jules, did it take so long for PSG to get going? It's a good question, although if you look at the, uh, the first chance of the game, is that back heel from Mbappé on the, uh, on the cross from Hakimi, and mm. Pope makes a good save, it's a good, it's a good reflex. If that goes in, I think the whole game changes, and maybe if Donnarumma doesn't make his mistake, the game changes as well, so it's hard to tell. But you're right, it's true that 
especially once they went a goal down, it was very sloppy. I thought that first half was, for, for this level and for a team like this, far too sloppy. The passing, the touches, the control, just not good enough. The second half, I think, was helped by the fact that Newcastle physically starting yeah. to, and, and, and understandably so, because they only had 11 players, really. There was nothing on the bench for them. So they're starting to get really tired, to drop deeper and deeper and deeper, not really even trying to pass the ball. It was just trying to survive and keep that lead. And then PSG, obviously, were always going to create because of the players that they have. But, I mean, that, the lack of clinicality and efficiency in their finishing was, was outstanding, like really baffling, really baffling <laughs> for players of that caliber. Mbappe, Dembele, someone like Barcola, who's okay, he's young. I mean, he's 21 years old, he's not that young anymore, but it was just, it was just so bad. And in the end, I, I don't think they deserve to lose, but to draw it in that way also left a bitter taste as well. Frank, how do you explain it? As, as Jules quite rightly says, you've got strikers of such quality missing chances that they really should be taking at this sort of standard. Well, you want to say that they, they, they were unfortunate, but when you see again all the, the chances that they had, you have to admit that they were clumsy. And that's the fact. And you had, I think, 31 chances to score, 31 shots on targets, and you score only on the penalty. And uh, as we just saw, Mbappé has some chances first out, Barcola had so many chances, and we didn't show the header that he had at the end of, as well. So it's maybe a bad day, let's say. But you feel that it's not only that. You feel that there is something maybe going against them uh, because they don't do everything we want to see them doing uh, to, uh, to make sure they're going to win a game. Uh, credit to Newcastle, the first half. Newcastle was fantastic. You have to admit that. They may be the first best half that they, they've done in the Champions League this season. They were very well organized in the middle of the park. They were working very hard, uh, offensively and defensively. And technically, I found Newcastle very uh, spot on uh, in that first half. So maybe Paris Saint-Germain didn't expect that. So, of course, as Jules said, they were tired the second half. And, and, uh, and Paris didn't get the opportunity that they had to put some goals in and, uh, and to make sure that they're going to win that game. But at the end of the day, they, des they, don't des they didn't deserve to win for me. They didn't deserve to lose. A draw, mm. it's only fair because of the chances that they had. But you have to admit that they were clumsy. Fifth favourites, Jules, do you agree? They're still favourite, you said. Fifth favourites to win behind Arsenal, Manchester City, Real Madrid and Bayern. I mean, we've said before, with that midfield, I'm not sure how far you can go, really. And if you look at teams who've won or teams who've been very good in this, in this competition, they've always had strong midfield, whether it's City, Real Madrid, even the Barcelona of, of Pep Guardiola, for example, even the Barca from Luis Enrique, to be fair. But Bayern, everybody had at some point some like world-class midfielders. And that's not the case for PSG this season. I love... Zaire Emery is only 17, but he's not ready to lead this team to a Champions League triumph. Neither is Vitinha, neither is Ugarte, nor Lee or Fabian Ruiz or Soler, none of that. So unless something happens in January where they, they invest in midfield to strengthen that, that part of their game, I still think just for that, just for that it's like, wait, of course they can, they can score against anybody 
I mean, once they kind of start being a bit more clinical, because they will always create chances. They will concede chances, they will create chances. But I just feel that midfield, in terms of controlling, in terms of the dynamic of a game, it's just not there. And for me, that's probably too too much for them to go and go and win it and beat a City, beat a Real Madrid, beat a Bayern this season because they will have stronger midfielders than PSG have. And just for that, I don't think they're ready. But but when you have Mbappe, Dembele on a good day, they can beat anybody, they can score against anyone. That midfield is just something that I'm not really convinced by. So is it a case that Luis Enrique doesn't have the players and can't take too much of the blame then, Jules? So he, he, the players that they signed, from Mugarte to Lee to Dembele, all those players, he wanted them. Could you have spent 60 million on, a, on, an, on another midfielder than Ugarte, someone with more experience that can bring you that control? Maybe. I think Ugarte is still very young and he will become a really good midfielder, but just not now. It, that doesn't take away some of the mistakes or some of the, the, the choices and the decisions that we've seen Luis Enrique made. You're chasing the game on Tuesday night. You're 1-0 down since the 15th minute or something like that. How come Gonzalo Ramos is only coming off the bench after 85 minutes? How is that even possible? How can you explain Danilo starting this game when he hasn't played for a whole month and clearly was very short of match fitness when Lucas Hernandez could have played centre-back and Mukiele could have played at left-back, for example? So there's a lot of things that I'm still not... I don't always understand from Luis Enrique, so he's got his part of responsibility and he's partly to blame for some of the results and some of the performances. Remember the 4-4 in the reverse fixture at St. James's Park? That was completely bonkers. So it's not just on the players that he has, it's also on him. But the problem, Dan, is when you mix the two, that explains why right now they're in the position that they are in. Uh, more from Jules in a moment. We'll, meanwhile, we'll say goodbye to Frank for now. Frank will be back for extra time, which, as always, uh, you can check out over on our YouTube channel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, German football. <laughs> <laughs> You've been crying. I know, yeah. He's got new lighting. Uh, this weekend, Bayern Munich is your 9.30 game as they take on Union Berlin. Then what a clash on Sunday. Top of the table, Bayer Leverkusen taking on at Borussia Dortmund. Really looking forward to that clash. All of those games live on ESPN+. Plus. 
Right, Jules, there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, after Everton were given that points deduction about, well, what's going to happen to Manchester City? Developments today, what are they? Well, there's a few reports here in England saying that, which is very vague, I give you that, but that uh, at some point next year, OK, uh, <laughs> we will have a date of when we could hear what's what is going to happen to Manchester City. As you said, Dan, especially now since we've had the verdict against Everton, a lot of people are waiting to see what's going to happen to City who have different challenges and it's a very different context to the one that Everton were punished for. But City do have 115 charges against them uh, put together by the Premier League. So obviously that verdict is, is eagerly waited by a lot of people, a lot of teams, not, not much the City. It's taking a very long time. We know that at times in the past City have slowed down the process. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but they very much slowed down the whole process. That's why it's taking so long. And again, it's a very complicated matter. But by some point in 2024, we should finally have a, a verdict on whatever that will be on what Manchester City did or didn't do right in the last few years. Uh, meanwhile, as you're here, Joel, so I just want to talk to you about Lyon because, of course, before PSG, they were the team. You know, we were growing up, they were the side uh, in France, but they currently sit bottom of league and currently with just seven points in their opening 12 matches. What on earth is going on? Well, they sacked another manager, Dan, that's the second in, for the season. So we are only on December the 1st tomorrow. So we're still technically still in November today. And that's two managers gone for them, Laurent Blanc first. And then Fabio Grosso, who lasted seven games. He, well, he won one game. He lost one, almost lost one eye in that burst attack in Marseille. And he got one sacking. There's a lot of ones in there. Uh, he was terrible from start to finish. Oh. His training sessions. Do you remember he went after the mall because he thought too many things uh, was coming out of the dressing room in the in the media so he went after the mall he still hasn't found the mall and, and he will never find it because he got sacked it was just a disaster and I don't think he should have taken the job because of the situation that he was and he's a very young unexperienced manager I don't think they should have offered him the job in the first place either and now you're in a situation where John Texter the owner who's been let's be honest he's been a, a car crash since he bought the club from Jean-Michel Aulas. Uh, I don't know where, where you go from here. I mean, they have seven points. They've been so bad. They have good players, but they've been so, so bad that you need a, a miraculous recovery, really, to save that team. There's still plenty of games and plenty of time, but it's not so much the time, really. It's how bad they've been. And I think the psychological uh, issues that this squad, this club, have had since the start of the season. The Brazil... The Brazil t-shirt looked good today, Jules. Very good indeed. You can check it out oh, on the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast. Uh, the boys back together. Be sure to check that out over on the website. What about the FA Cup this weekend? These games live on ESPN+. Plus. We have eight in total for your starts on Friday. York taking on Wigan. A couple of games on Saturday. Sunday, uh, the highlight, Wrexham take on Yeovil. And then on Monday, sees Wimbledon play host to Ramsgate. Here we go, then. It is Thursday. Oh. It is Shaka's power rankings. Oh, Girona taking a big hit. Shaka. Well, they, they draw and, and, and drop a whole lot. And, well... UV and Inter draw as well. They draw with each other. They're both in the top 10. But, but never mind that. 
<laughs> oh, no, sorry, sorry. Can you run that past me again? Inter and Juve draw with each other, so right. they aren't punished as harshly as Girona because they're both but they in the drew. top ten. With each other, yeah. But they drew. With each other, correct. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. But Girona but it, drew. With somebody who's not in the top ten, uh, Inter and Juve drew. Uh, so if Athletic Club were in the top ten... Well... Oh. What? Anyway. <laughs> I want to mention Deportivo Tachira oh. of Venezuela winning their 10th Venezuelan title. Superfan Homero Moreno, who may or may not, I'm not at liberty to discuss whether he's related to anybody on this show, <laughs> but they get honorable mention in this week's top 10. Congratulations to Homero. All right, you're going to explain the rest instead of well, shouting out to everyone's no, family. I only want to talk about what's happening in Venezuela. Right, who's That's my only concern. Right, who's number one? Huh? Who's number one? Leverkusen. Okay. They've been number one forever. All right, you've got to take us through it, Shaq. I'm taking it down. <laughs> you can't remember. <laughs> there you go. There's the top ten right there. Right, there we go. What, 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 what do you want to argue about? I just, I, I just said he dropped two. I want you to explain every man, choice. Man, man, well, they won the Champions League, but they drew two before. Oh, so, they drew their so last two. Girona drew, but they dropped ten, and Man City drew, and they dropped two. Oh. Well, Man City won in the Champions League. Hold on, Inter Juve drew, and they dropped three. <laughs> so, got by your logic, no, by your logic, City should have dropped three. Why do Arsenal go above Atleti? Why do Arsenal go above Atleti? Yeah. Because they're good. Right, good, yeah. brilliant. This is right. usual <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> and didn't Bayern draw against Copenhagen? Yeah, that's a nothing yeah, but, game. Yeah, yeah. That's a nothing game. Right, yeah. Bayern went up three. Right. That's a nothing game. <laughs> so hold on a minute. So if <laughs> you draw, <laughs> so that was a nothing game. Frank, what, Frank, what, would, you, what would you like to add to this nonsense? In Germany, though, so that's why. How about Deportivo to two? Well, you know what? I want, I'm going to defend, defend Shaka Isla. I think he's do, he does his best, you know, and uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I think I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with him. <laughs> Well, I think he they call it like a backhanded compliment. He doesn't like he doesn't like league one. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about Toulouse being qualified for Europe. Yeah. But that doesn't yeah. matter. But that's wow. fine. You know, I, I guess he, he he can watch French television and French league one. So I, it's understandable. I, and he has all my excuses. And I think he does his best. And I'm pretty okay with that. Does his best. Arsenal going third <sighs> is a little bit too much. I think Shaka, if I may say, you know, it's it's a little big. It's a big jump. That's not a top of the Premier League. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Uh, it's a big jump. Well, everybody keeps drawing with jump. each other. <laughs> there we go. I know. Drawing. I know. I, I know who's producing the show today. So I is why uh, you put it. Uh, wow. You put us uh, uh, there. Yes. there we go. I don't know what uh, you're trying to suggest. Um, is that it? Have we fulfilled our quota of talking about this rubbish? Uh, that is it. What rubbish? <laughs> Science, Dan. Science? Science. <laughs> Science. I was thinking of another world. <laughs> uh, extra time is next. Sorry, go on. I'm just getting the questions. Hello, welcome to the latest edition of That's Extra Time. Here we go. They have the full screen. Uh, Frank with us, Shaka, Stevie as well. I have to say thank you to Vitor who put together that video of you shouting at me for my birthday. Oh, really? yeah, that was good. It was originally seven minutes long. They had to cut it down. Yeah. And then why did you send me a message last night saying, can you send me the video of Jan and the fish? 
Well, because I was telling Eleanor about it. Oh, I see. I thought it'd be a lot easier if I just show her. Right. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, oh there you go. Honestly, I was sat for about half an hour. Right, really? How hard? Well, through YouTube, I was going through before. I was going through. I feel like we've shown it a lot. Sure, well, don't I'll show it now, don't show it, it now. Show I put it on the phone, yeah. and it came up on ESPN. Um, you know when you put all the clips together of the, like, Rest clips of the, of the month? month. Yes, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Must have went through about three of them. Oh. And it's, it wasn't even on any of them. Oh, no. Oh, there we go. So. For all, have you guys played against any of today's famous managers like Pep, Ancelotti, Mourinho and Pochettino? How were they as players? Well, you were in Qatar with Pep, weren't you, Frank? I played against Pep uh, in Champions League when he was playing for, for Barcelona. I was playing for Chelsea and he was the captain of Barcelona. And yes, I played uh, golf a lot with him and only once against him at, uh, in Qatar. And I played against Pochettino, where he was the captain of uh, Paris Saint-Germain. I was the captain of Marseille, so we did the classic. Uh, Pochettino was a tough guy, but really fair play. And we know Pep. Pep was the, uh, the master of orchestra in the, in the middle of the park. Uh, the conductor, as you said, uh, in Barcelona. Uh, fantastic, kind of a Busquets, but for me, a little bit better than Busquets. Was he a bit annoying, Pep? Would he only talk about football, though, Frank? Oh, he was, uh, yeah, he, he was crazy about football. But no, no, he can talk about many, many things. And he's, oh, a, very, he's a very nice person. And I, I saw him after in Los Angeles uh, um, when I had to interview Thierry Henry, uh, and he was the coach of Barcelona. Uh, always a nice guy, very well educated. And uh, uh, it's the company that I really appreciated. Oh, perfect. Play against any of those names, Steve? Roy Hodgson? I'm only kidding. <laughs> I think I played against Pep. I think Pep was in that game where he played against Barcelona. At the camp now when you got chipped? Can't remember how the goal scored. <laughs> Is Michel still coaching in Spain? Uh, yes. yes. Michel, yeah. There you are, yeah. In the 80s. There you are. There you go. Perfect. There you go. What about Ancelotti? Did you ever play against each other? No. 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 Well, he's... he's... He's the, he's the generation before me. I apologise, Stevie. Uh, accepted. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. Uh, who goes further in the Champions League, Arsenal or Barcelona, Stevie? Arsenal. Yeah. I think, I think if Arsenal played Barcelona tomorrow, they'd beat them. Yeah. So, yeah. and they're not obviously the draw, I would go with Arsenal. I agree. They're third in the power rankings, you know. Deservedly so. <laughs> it's all beginning to fall into place. That's exactly what I'm saying. Hey. Frank, in the long run, would it be better for United to get eliminated from European competition and focus on their league form and getting healthy? Yeah, maybe, but um, the pressure that they will have because they got eliminated from the European uh, competition, Europa League or Champions League, could be could be also a disaster in the dressing room uh, with the medias, with the fans and everything. So I don't know if, it, if there is a better situation. When you, are, when you start a season, you're involved in a European competition, you want to go uh, the further. Um, when you're not in the competition, you know it's an advantage compared to the others who are in the competition and you want to use that as it happened to Arsenal last season and maybe Tottenham this season, where you want to make sure that during the the, the, the time that the other play, you have a break and you can work on something specific. When you are eliminated, it's like something is missing. So it's not a plus, 
is something you have uh, maybe less to work, but something missing. How old are you, Stevie? 62. How old do you think Ancelotti is? I don't know. 64 is the correct answer. Yeah, but remember, we, we got banned from Europe from 80. Yes, but you were suggesting it was a different... He's not. He's exactly the same generation as you. Yeah, well, I, was, I, I was trying to figure out why I hadn't played against Right. And so you just aged time, him. That was the only thing. Right. And then when you said that, I realised that we were banned from Europe for yeah. six years. Yes. So that would be why I wouldn't play. Okay, so you were the same generation just because of circumstance. Yeah. So I was... I can retract my apology. To be honest, I really don't care. <laughs> I, I, I'd like you to acknowledge that I got that right down. Yeah. I'd like you to acknowledge that I got Ancelotti's As, as if it right. carried any weight anyway. What, your apology? <laughs> my apology? Yeah, you. Yeah, where did you get 64 from? I, I would just like you to acknowledge that I was right. Did somebody yes. tell you? No. Yes. No. Definitely. Put it up here. No way. <laughs> right up there, Dad. Ancelotti's age. Shaka, uh, what is the single most important attribute in the best goalkeeper? The one that takes you from average to elite. I always felt that Peter, Peter Cech's positioning, for example, propelled him to the very top. Footwork is going to be my answer. Explain. Um, I, I think the best goalkeepers are the ones who can make adjustments really quickly. Adjustments in their positioning, whatever it may be. There's a deflection. Um, that If you have good footwork, it, it can make up for a lot of, of, other, of other deficiencies. I, I, always, I always use Shea given as the perfect example. Shea was 6'1", was one of the smaller goalkeepers I've, I've worked with, and certainly smaller, smaller goalkeepers in the league at the time, but easily one of the best because his footwork was so good. For everyone, with the weather getting colder on the East Coast, getting chillier now, isn't it? But Stevie's still taking the dog out, dedicating. Reason. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just stay indoors? Just let the dog out. Oh, By a really long leash. There you go. What? What are you looking at me for? Any holiday locations you've yet to visit that you would like to in the future? Ooh, Seychelles. Yes? Yeah. Oh, go. I've been. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank I go. Closest go for I've it. been to, nice. I've been to Mauritius. Okay. I'd like to go to Australia. I've never been to Australia I've never been to before. I like, would like to do that. So you'd like to set up a play for a day? Well, it's, but once you get there, then it's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, why? Great. I think he's only small. Set up a play for a day. He can swing his legs. <laughs> That's a great idea. He can swing his legs. <laughs> why, have you, why have you got grumpy? I've never got grumpy. You're a bit, bit grumpy. Why, you, why would you want to sit on a plane for a day? Well, wherever Didn't you say he wanted to sit in a plane for a day. <laughs> said he wanted to go to well, Australia. Well, yeah, that's that, different. That, that entails sitting on a plane well, for a day. You know, it's, you know. I don't mind sitting on a plane. Oh, all right. It's all right. Not to sell it. Stevie. You don't want to go anywhere, do you? No. No. You would never leave your house if you didn't have to. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Frank, you've travelled <laughs> the world. Is there somewhere that still uh, that still you would like to visit? Yes, a place that I've never been, Argentina. I would love to go there, uh -huh. especially now, uh, for for because because it's a beautiful country. I think a lot to to learn about. And I want to go for the uh, derby. I want to see Boca Junior against River Plate at the Bombonera. And um, it it was just like three weeks ago. I missed that, but I want to be in that part of the uh, the the 
the, the year where the, the sun is good. It's like summer in Argentina. I would love to go there and visit the country, yeah. Argentina's magic. Oh, well, oh, you were still on a plane for eight hours. Oh, well, never sat on a plane for 12 hours. No? How did you get there? Boat? Walk? Car? Rowing! We nearly did that! Let me know when we get there. What did you enjoy most about Argentina? Well, the company was great. You were Maris, yeah? You were scouting, yes. quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, you must have enjoyed the steak. You like a steak. Oh, I steak with the meat was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Down oh, by yeah. a few beers. Yeah. We saw, we saw police in concert. Oh. Uh, we saw some great games. Yeah. Saw some good players. Nice. Have we got any of them. Oh. And, and just had a great time. Oh, good. Oh, there you are. They've cheered I up. Recommend it, Frank. Glad you've perked up a bit. Uh, how special were European Thank nights you. at Anfield, Stevie? Any particular memory? A different... F oh, God, how do you describe it? I, I couldn't... I really don't think I can do it justice describing the feeling. There's a, there's a feeling, there's a look on people's faces before the game and leading up to the game that is just unique. Did you have the sort of greetings... It's like, it's like everybody's... It's like everybody's eight years old and they're right. going to Disney World for the first time. Right. And they're actually... It's almost like... Anfield is Disney World, and everybody's just standing outside waiting, and the big doors opening to go in. And that's that, that's probably the best way I can describe it. It's that there's just a feeling about it, like, kind of tingling thinking about it now. It's just it's just unique, it's fantastic. Did you have the same sort of greetings that we see now on big European nights, as the bus is pulling in and all no, the fans not, are there? Not that. Not that. But once you got inside the ground, yeah, absolutely, 100% was the same. Oh, brilliant. Lovely analogy, Stephen. Shaka, Zayek scored the same goal as the second one scored yesterday on Anana against Courtois in the World Cup. You're at the World Cup, you must remember it, chat. Mm -hmm. is, is the threat of a touch and the ball bouncing so close to Anana not make that a very hard set piece to deal with? Yes, it does. But I, I think it's, it's more dangerous if it's coming over the head of an opponent. If it's coming over the head of when you're one of your own players, then then you can you can go. And, and if he gets a touch, yeah, that, that's that's on him. Um, you you hold your position if there's an opponent nearby. Uh, that's it. We're done. Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Frank. Uh, you're welcome, Dan. Bye bye. <laughs> Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow for more looking ahead some big games of course across Europe including Barcelona against Atletico Madrid.